Greg Fox is a keyboardist who has worked with many famous musicians such as Billy Idol, Toto, Yes, and ACDC. His performances can be heard around the world. You might have heard Greg's performance at the Academy of Country Music Awards with Miley Cyrus for her song The Climb. One of Greg's most recent projects is called the Renaissance Rock Orchestra. The Renaissance Rock Orchestra is directed by Greg and includes other rock legends that have performed with bands like Queen, Pink Floyd, and Led Zeppelin. This performance unites the sounds of metal and symphonic music. On December 10th, Renaissance Rock Orchestra will be live streaming worldwide their performance of Christmas Rocks. Tickets are available on the RRO's Instagram at Renaissance Rock Orchestra. I'm Ellie Sadler and I'm being joined by Greg Fox. His music with the RRO as well as Louis Prima Jr. and the Witnesses and the Moby Dicks can be heard on our station. Be sure to listen for Renaissance Rock Orchestra's three new Christmas singles that will be played during the holiday season this year and the year's forthcoming. Welcome, Greg. Hi, Ellie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. It's great to see you. Yes. Hello to everybody in my hometown. Oh, I wish I was there with you in the studio. I know, but you'll be in Washington soon, right? I will. Yeah, I leave next Monday. I'm down here in Las Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. where I've lived for the last 10 years. But it's been a while since I was actually living in Seattle. You know, I've uh, my career has has taken me on some interesting directions, you know, L.A. And well, and I'll tell you, during the 90s, when everything in Seattle was all grunge as a pianist and a keyboard player, there wasn't a whole lot for me to do. So I bought a sailboat and I sailed around the Bahamas for seven years. Oh, my gosh. That must have been <laughs> so fun. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I have a show called Broken Record, which is a music variety show. And on my show, I talk about concerts and my love for live music. So I have oh, cool. three quick yeah. questions for you. First, what was your first concert? My very first concert. Yes. My very first. It's It's been so long ago, <laughs> I can barely remember. But of course, you'd think that you would remember your very first concert and i recall my very first concert as being chicago the band chicago oh fun do you know chicago yeah my dad listens to their music sometimes when we're driving in the car Uh chicago was a great great band back in the day and they they were a big deal they were a horn band you know kind of like a blood sweat and tears thing back in the day but of course they had so many hits over the course of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s but back in the 70s when i went to that show they were still a very organic band you know they ended up with people Pete Cetera, Peter Cetera, becoming kind of a bit of corporate production hits. You know, you have a song, an outside songwriter that writes the song, you bring it in, you record it. It's beautiful. And they're beautiful songs. And he had so many hits that way. But in the early days, it was it was like this band of like 12 guys with trumpets and, and saxes and trombones and and they wrote their own songs so it was very it was very personal to them and and yeah i don't know it, it was kind of like hippie music a little bit I, I guess i would say but a really interesting thing i remember about the concert it's so different how times have changed you know back then we didn't have led walls and <laughs> and lasers and shooting the fire so the the big huge thing to show other than how great the band was was they had this gigantic blow up thing behind the stage that was like 30 feet tall and it took a long long time for yeah. it to blow up with whatever was pumping up and so it was kind of silly because it was folded up but it was their band name chicago 40 feet tall and this big gigantic blow up balloon of chicago that was like 60 feet wide and 40 feet tall that was what that's what live concert special effects were like back then oh my gosh that would be so <laughs> cool. It was pretty awesome. You know, I, I know that back in the day, too, uh, I saw a bunch of Doobie Brothers shows that were really good. But I really think my second show was probably the band Bread. You ever heard of Bread? No. 
You should listen to Bread. It's some of the most beautiful music in the world. The singer and songwriter David Gates is really kind of an iconic, like, 60s song singer-songwriter, guys. Mm -hmm. But Bread, yeah, they have a great, great song called Guitar Man. You're going to love that when you check it out. It's yeah. very, very cool. That's so fun. I'll listen to them after this interview. And what was your most recent concert? Well, my first recent concert, you know, I go to concerts all the time here in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I'm performing most of the time. So yes. really, my, my most recent concert was me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, because I perform here at Vamped a lot. It's owned by uh, Danny the Count Coker, who does the Counting Cars TV show on the History Channel. Danny and his wife, Corey, are good friends of mine. And I played there a lot with a, uh, a Led Zeppelin all-star band called the Moby Dicks that has like the bass player from Ozzy Osbourne, the drummer from Whitesnake and Foreigner, and uh, a, a, lot, a cast of other really talented people. So we play there a lot. As a matter of fact, we're doing the Whiskey in LA, the Whiskey at Go-Go on January 4th. We're coming back and doing Vamped on January 6th and 7th. So, you know, most of the shows I see are me. What was the last concert that I saw? Mm -hmm. Let's see. Let me think about this because it, it just, you know, it tends to be uh, who's coming in town and who the tour manager is and whether I know them or not. And of course, I know a lot of them. Yeah. So I think really my last show, well, I went out and saw a show in Vegas. It's great called Reckless in Vegas. It's a brand new show we have in town at the Sahara and all my friends play in it. So I love going to see that. And since I get to get in for free, because my agent manager, Brian Towers from Beats Entertainment, is also the manager of that show. So I go out to that like every other week, at least. Oh but gosh. I've been so busy working on this tour and uh, working on this worldwide live stream that we have happening this Saturday that I haven't been out to see a whole lot of shows recently. But I think my last one was actually uh, Chris Cornell. Oh, whoa. Yes. And uh, my light guy, Sam Raphael, who lives up there in Bremerton. Mm -hmm. My uh, my sound guy, his brother, Alex Raphael, lives in Bremerton, too. And uh, he owns Max RPM Motorsports over there in Bremerton. But Sammy was running lights for Chris Cornell, and that was very, very cool. But, you know, during the whole COVID and the whole pandemic and stuff, I'm a very social guy. And, of course, I stopped during all that like we all did and didn't go out. But during COVID, I wrote a new record called A Song of Hope that I wrote specifically to try to inspire people and give them strength as they were alone so it's it's inspiring music it's happy music things to try to make people feel like they're not alone and give them strength to make it through this and you can hear that on spotify and amazon and apple music it's available on all streaming platforms great great record very proud of it but i you know the second COVID opened up i started going out to shows because it's what i do yeah. you know uh and so I have been out to see so many shows and so many concerts in the last year. You know, I went out and saw Billy Idol here in Vegas. I went out and saw Kid Rock down in Laughlin. There was like 30,000 people there. And you know, the crazy thing is I, I got COVID back in November of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, I was kind of tired and sick for a couple of weeks and in bed. I must have really developed some amazing antibodies because uh, I, I haven't stopped going out at all okay. since then. And I've never gotten sick again. Oh, I also, let's see, I also saw Ario Speedwagon at uh, Red Rocks, and I performed with guitar player Dave Amato several times and on Fox 5 TV here in Las Vegas, so it was cool to see Dave. But, you know, also during the summer, I rode my Harley from Las Vegas all the way up to Seattle. Oh, my god! Uh, we had just finished a video shoot for this Christmas Rocks tour, a promo shoot, and uh, I had worked so hard all year long writing the songs on this record and mixing the record and working on this video that I, I just needed a break. So I got on my Harley. I rode all the way up to Seattle, 
And it was cool because I was born and raised in Auburn. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, Auburn High School, but I also went to Green River Community College where my mom was a secretary for years. And I got my Associate of Arts degree there at Green River Community College. Then I went up to Seattle Pacific University. But my mom and dad's house was really close to Green River Community College. It was up on the hill there. And uh, so while I was there, I ended up having a friend of mine, Dean Rogers, call me up and say, hey, you want to go out to see a concert at White River Amphitheater? And the crazy thing is because I left Seattle so long ago as a young adult and moved down to, to Phoenix. And then I sailed my sailboat around the Bahamas. And, and now I've been in Vegas for 10 years. But I had never been to a concert at White River Amphitheater. And it was so awesome mm -hmm. because I've also never ridden my Harley into a festival like that. It, it was like three bands. It was, who was it? It was uh, Lover Boy and REO and Sticks. It was it was amazing, and so I know a lot of guys in the bands and have you know had worked with some of them. Uh, it was so fun because I took the back route along the Green River Road uh, on my Harley to sneak into the White River Amphitheater, and I had on this white shirt that had sparkles all over it. <laughs> my hair was flowing in the wind, and I pulled into this big fest, this big rock festival on my Harley. I had never done that before. And it was so cool. It's like straight out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. That's so cool. Uh, Do you have a favorite concert you've been to? Oh my. Well, that is very, very hard for me because yeah. I've been to so many over the course of my life. You know, mm -hmm. back when I was a kid, the only fun thing to do was to go to concerts. And of course, you could go to a concert for five bucks. Yeah. You could go see Led Zeppelin for five bucks. <laughs> a lot cheaper. Crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was pretty cool, of course. In some ways, the concert that I did for Miley Cyrus at the Academy of Country Music Awards was my favorite because I had never performed in front of 36 million people before I played the song The Climb for her at the MGM Grand Garden Arena here in Las Vegas. And that was so, in some ways, that, that was a very special concert you know as a musician and as an artist we all have our favorite artists you know things mm -hmm. that just speak to us musically and that connect with us and as a, a pianist that started taking piano lessons at five and took 12 years of lessons and ended up to get my mu music degree uh i was really into very melodic and classical rock i was also a violinist in high school and in college and so that's why my group the renaissance rock orchestra i, I love strings and love symphonies and the sound of that so I always incorporate that into every one of my songs and into my music. Mm -hmm. But uh, as a pianist and uh, as a, you know, I was also a church kid. So I really wasn't allowed to listen to rock and roll a lot in my home. Although my, you know, my first record was, uh, you know, I had the Beatles, uh, Let It Be. That was a great record. And I was really into uh, Neil Young. You know, back then he had a huge album called After the Gold Rush. Back then, Carole King was really popular. Tapestry was a super popular album. But bands that I loved were more kind of progressive rock. They were more classical rock rock and my favorite band of all time is yes and i love yes because of the rick wakeman keyboards and the melodies and and the music spiritually really speaks to me but i also really love uh emerson lincoln palmer because keith emerson is a prodigy pianist and uh i got to meet him several years ago before he passed away a couple years back and i was so heartbroken about that but bands like kansas i i love you know classical rock where they have the melodies and it's very a lot of keyboards yeah and so also jethro toll i love jethro toll a lot as a young man so out of those four bands is going to be my favorite concert which one is it going to be i'm going to say my my favorite concert i never saw close to the edge by by yes and everybody watching if you've never heard that or studied that album please do it's an iconic progressive rock song uh album 
album that side one is a 30 minute song called close to the edge and most people that like prog rock or progressive rock think that it will never be duplicated and there will never be another progressive rock record as good as that i did not see that concert live but i saw yes a number of times and i'm going to say that my favorite concert was the album relayer relayer some beautiful beautiful songs on there when i hear this music it's just heart-wrenching to me but you know what it has that rock power and groove that i like too and and they get crazy they get way outside the box in and uh, i love that that's that's kind of my my wheelhouse yeah um going back to renaissance rock orchestra what was the inspiration behind that what made you want to create a group that would play these songs way back in the day in seattle i had a band called icarus I was always into mythology and things like that. Mm-hmm. My first band was actually Pegasus. And then I had a band called Icarus and, and we wanted to be like Yes in Kansas. And we wrote a lot of material like that. But we just didn't have the skills yet as players or as uh, engineers to record and produce our, our, our music well enough. We were trying to keep come up with a theme of what our music was. And so back then, we're talking back in this in the 80s, this was the late 80s, we had a, a warehouse called Orange Recording Studios because we had all orange equipment, orange amps and orange amplifiers and things. And in that warehouse, uh, Metal Church has been rehearsing there for years, I believe it is. I called our music and I came up with this Renaissance Rock. So we had these cards made that said Icarus, Renaissance Rock. So I've been kind of carrying that with me for years as who Greg Fox is. And I wrote a lot of the material we did back in, in Icarus back in the day. But when I got off my sailboat and I moved to Venice Beach, California and was living in this mansion right on the Venice Canal. And I was start, starting to write a lot of the music for the Renaissance Rock Orchestra. This was like 2012, 2013. My buddy Mikey Bones and my bass player for years when I lived in the city Phoenix before I bought my sailboat and sailed around the Bahamas. Mikey was had moved to Las Vegas. He said, Greg, you've got to move to Las Vegas. Everything's happening here. All those rockers from LA are moving out of LA. They're moving to Las Vegas. We got to get a show together. I said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So I moved back to Las Vegas. And I don't think I was here even 90 days before Miley Cyrus asked me to play for her at the Academy of Music Awards. So being here in Las Vegas, I've had so many opportunities. I've played with so many rock stars and it's really opened up things for the Renaissance Rock Orchestra. But my first inspiration to do it was when I went out to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Are you familiar with Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, they tour around the country every year for Christmas. And uh, so they've kind of built this genre, this Christmas genre that is once again, I will say classical metal. They're considered to be a metal act, but of course the production is so huge with with fire and shooting fire and and lasers and all the LED walls. It's just remarkable. And the music I love too. Mikey Bones took me out. He knew the guys that were in uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra and he introduced me to them. And so over a course of several years, I saw the show, you know, three times like every Christmas and every time I'd see the show I I would think to myself man this is amazing I love this music and I could do that I know I could do that I know I could write music like that so that was my inspiration and of course I was always I was also hoping that since they created this genre that didn't exist before they had opened up this new world and you know they're so successful at it that they go out and they play for about 60 days every year and they make 90 million dollars so I was hoping that investors were going to go wow there's only one tso in the world and this guy greg fox has has built this new little tso band although there is a difference i'm not trying to be tso i've never wanted to do the christmas show thing so 
you know, even though we've recorded three records and my second record has 27 rock stars on it and nine famous drummers from bands like ACDC and Slash and Whitesnake and Foreigner and Hearts. It goes on and on and on. But I never wanted to be a Christmas show. So this fourth record that I wrote and recorded this year called Christmas Rocks is our first Christmas record. And it's the first time we're really getting the wheels on the bus and taking it out on tour. But it was originally Trans-Siberian Orchestra that inspired me to start writing it. And uh, it was amazing how the music came to me. It's, it seems some kind of divine, like it was the right time or, or God had said, you know, it, it's time for this to happen, for this to happen for you. you know, when I was out on my sailboat, uh, that experience changed me a lot as a person and as an artist. It made me a lot stronger. It made me miss my music a lot because I couldn't have a piano on the <laughs> sailboat. But when I got off the sailboat, uh, I immediately moved to Venice Beach, California, and I started taking my, my career a lot more seriously. Prior to that, you know, when I was up in Seattle, I was kind of hanging on the coattails of famous bands, like playing with the guys in Hearts, you know, doing some things with the guys in Queensryche here and there. The difference between TSO and Renaissance Rock Orchestra is, of course, the Christmas versus the classical metal, which is what I do and write. You know, I've gotten to the point that I like to call it melodic rock because people get scared anytime you say metal. Mm -hmm. They get scared when you say metal. And uh, some people don't understand the symphonic thing. They don't think they're going to like it. So I've started calling it just melodic rock. Mm -hmm. It has progressive rock influences, classical medical metal influences, progressive metal influences. But yeah, please go listen to it on Spotify and on Apple Music and check it out. So my, my new motto for Renaissance Rock Orchestra is take, when people ask me what is Renaissance Rock Orchestra, I say take Trans-Siberian Orchestra, take out the Christmas <laughs> and add rock stars yeah so that's kind of what my theme of what what we are I but this that. year we are going to go out we're going to do christmas we're playing three shows up in seattle december 16th will be in everett at the historic everett theater and you can go to the historic everett theater website and purchase tickets there please come out and see the show we have some very fun things going on i have recruited the bass player from uh, a famous bass player in seattle by the name of lynn Sorensen to play with us he's going to do all our seattle shows he just came down here with us to do rehearsals we did at Studio 88A here in Las Vegas. This is what we're going to do a live stream on Saturday at 6 p.m. And so it's great to see Lynn again and to work with Lynn. Lynn's played with about every band in the Northwest, including uh, iconic bands like Bad Company and uh, Paul Rogers, the Paul Rogers band, the singer from Bad Company. So yeah, it's going to be great to have him there. But on, uh, let's see, that's Friday night, December uh, 16th. On the 17th, we're going out to the Roxy Theater in Bremerton. So if you're out on the peninsula or in that area, the Silverdale area, please come out and see us at the Roxy Theater. That's going to be a very special night because my very first band that was really successful uh, in the marketplace going out, and it was a cover band mostly, and that band was called Ictus. And I had met this lead singer girl and started the band called Ictus, and she lived in Bremerton, so I moved out there. We started this band called Ictus, and we were very successful. We ended up getting signed with Far West Entertainment Agency, a Seattle agency, and playing a lot of rooms in Seattle and touring around the Western United States. And so it was very fun, fun period of time. Things were crazy there at that time. Thank God there were no cameras. I mean, like iPhone cameras, right? Like, yeah, thank God there were no smartphones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but so, yeah, so the, the uh, Bremerton Theater and the Roxy is going to be a very special night because uh, not only do I have so many friends there, mm -hmm. and they're making a big deal out of it because a lot of people from back in the 80s really remember that band Ictus yeah. and us coming up out of that band. We ended up getting on the KZOK Best of the Northwest album with Ooh. a song called Looking Out for Number One, so that was pretty exciting for us. Yeah. But the other thing that's going to be very cool about it is the 
the singer from my band, Ictus, and who was my girlfriend back in the 80s, Lorelai, who has an amazing voice. She lives out in, I think, Montana now. And she's coming out and she's at all three shows. Not only is she going to sing background vocals for us, but she's also going to do uh, some some solo spotlight stuff. She's going to do Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. We do a Christmas medley at the end that she's going to be doing some singing on. I think she, I think I'm going to have her sing the John Lennon song, uh, So This Is Christmas, too. So, so she'll get spotlighted. So that's going to be very fun in Bremerton, but she'll also be in Everett. On Sunday, the 18th, we're going to be at the Spanish Ballroom in Tacoma. So go to the Spanish Ballroom. I think it's McMinimans.com or just search for the Spanish Ballroom. That's actually going to be a matinee. That show is at 5 p.m. So kids are welcome. This is a family-friendly show. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've thought a lot about uh, the important things about Christmas, uh, about family, and um, making sure that you don't squander the time together. And uh, I have a very fun song that I wrote for this album called The First Christmas Day. This is a story of Jesus that, that my niece Talia inspired me to write when I was up in the Northwest visiting my family for the holidays about, I think about four or five years ago now, I started just playing the piano and she said, oh, that reminds me of baby Jesus in the manger. I said, really? What's this next section remind you of? Oh, that reminds me of the wise men. I said, that's awesome. I could see that. And she said, oh, the next section is the star up in the sky and the shepherds, you see the star. So I've been working on this song for several years and having a hard time deciding what I was going to do with it. But I decided that I wanted to throw it on the Christmas album. And I wrote uh, these lyrics uh, about the story of Christ. It's called The First Christmas Day. And so, of course, when I wrote it, I had to call her up and say, well, here's here's my lyrics. What do you think? She went, oh, my goodness, I love it. It's perfect. Good. That's so <laughs> smart of her. <laughs> yeah, she's very, very creative. Mm-hmm. So you are performing three shows in Washington, and you also have a live stream on Saturday. What would you yes. say is, like, the biggest difference besides the obviously missing people in the audience of performing, <laughs> like, for a live stream versus performing for, like, an in-person audience? Yes, yeah, it's completely different on so many levels. Uh, you know, you have the big stages, you have the big lights, you have the big PA, the big sound. So the sound is completely different in the room. Of course, the feeling of the crowd is completely different. It's a lot different to try to learn how to work a camera. You know, that's something that most of us in my band have had years and years of live performance experience. But, you know, not everybody has had a lot of camera work experience. So it's hard to perform for the camera. Also, you know, building the show has been difficult. Our pre-production meetings and rehearsals have, uh, you know, it's it's our first live stream and we're at a place that's never done a live stream before. They have a green screen in there. So I've put together this video that goes behind us during the whole show that topically matches all the songs that we play. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, we had production challenges trying to uh, get everything mic'd well to, re, you know, try to get it to form live well uh, when we do the shoot to make sure that we have a good mix. But it's going to sound very live. You know, it's, it's a challenge and it doesn't sound like really being in a studio. It certainly doesn't sound like it does live. So, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of room ambience. So it sounds it sounds very, very live, very, very live. So that's the one thing I've noticed that's that's so different and different. And uh, and of course, we had to produce, you know, our lighting. And uh, so there's been a lot of pre-production involved. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> I, you know, I, I expect it's going to be great. Uh, Barton Anderson over at Studio 88. 
A has been just a real joy to work with building this. He uh, he worked out all the camera cues for all of our songs and pre-programmed them in. I think he pre-programmed over 200 camera cues for the right spots in the song where there's a guitar solo or the mm-hmm. singer singing or I have a keyboard part. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I think in the nine songs, it will end up being like well over 2,000 camera cues that get used back and forth. So hopefully it comes off very professional, <laughs> very fun. Another interesting thing we're doing not only for the live show, but for the live stream on Saturday is, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to make it more like just a, than just a band playing in a studio. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all seen that. We all kind of know what that's like. So we've tried to produce it at a higher level as as well as we could. You know, I certainly don't have that Trans-Siberian Orchestra budget, <laughs> which is $250,000 a week to pay for lights and, wow. and flames and smoke. We don't have any of that. That's crazy. But we've tried to produce it in such a way so that we're going to kind of introduce ourselves as people and talk about what's important to us for Christmas. I ask everybody, I'm going to ask everybody what their famous, what their their most popular family Christmas tradition is. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're hoping to bug, let everybody get to know us a little and take a couple breaks and uh, talk a little bit about Christmas and make, so we're trying to make it a little bit more of a show than just a band in a studio. Yes. And you bring up yeah. a question that I now have to ask. What is your most popular family tradition for Christmas? <laughs> well, my family traditionally always opens up presents on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I don't know why exactly that's the case. <laughs> Uh, because we always thought that was weird. Like Santa Claus hasn't come yet, but mm-hmm. we were more of kind of a church family than a Santa Claus family, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think it concerned us too much to, to really think about Santa Claus. That wasn't really the, the main issue of Christmas for us. <laughs> so the, the entire family gets together. And of course, that's my favorite part when I, I see my entire family that I haven't seen all year long because of touring or traveling and, and uh, this and that. So that's the favorite part, seeing seeing the family. And of course, over the years, it's really been fun to, to see how they grow and everybody gets older so uh, that's great but about i don't know how many years ago now 20 years ago it could have been 30 years ago my mom decided we didn't have enough christmas traditions in our family mm-hmm. and we needed to develop our christmas tra- traditions and so she she decided that our christmas tradition was going to be oyster stew oh my gosh and i have come to just love oyster stew and of course it always reminds me of christmas and if i can't be there for christmas i try to find some oyster stew somewhere i'm out on the road in whatever city i'm in mm-hmm. or if i'm home here in vegas and for whatever reason can't make it because I have a show the next day or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I make it myself and I certainly can't do it like mom does it because as <laughs> you know, there's nothing like mom's home cooking. Yeah. But you know, it's a, a it's a great thing because we have a big, huge table in the house. And so the whole family comes up for oyster stew and we have cheeses and meats and things that go along with, with the oyster stew. And uh there's some people in the family that don't really care for it so much, mm-hmm. but it's kind of become a Greg thing. I yeah. feel a little bit spoiled. I think I like it better than anybody. There's there's a few of us who definitely like it, but uh, I'm, I don't know that I could say that, that that I'm the special one in the family. <laughs> but but yeah, I love that the, the oyster stew and, and mom doing that. So that's my favorite tradition. Yeah, that sounds yummy. I want to, I'm going to make my parents make that now. You should try it. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool, you know, I think it kind of comes from uh, from England. 
and from Europe, you know, mm. the oyster stew tradition uh, is kind of a, a Christmassy thing. Yeah. So, well, and we're English, so it, it kind of takes me back to that. And I love everything English and, and a Renaissance and, and <laughs> old school type thing. So that's what it makes me feel like when I have oyster stew for Christmas. The only thing missing is is Tiny Tim and the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I have one last question for you. Yes, you sir. have worked with so many people and been in so many different bands. Is there anything you always ask or always notice when you begin to work with someone new you know it's different always mm -hmm. it's always such a special occasion particularly when you're working with somebody that you have admired your whole life and mm -hmm. looked up to you know as kind of like a fan yeah and it's, it's hard to to take the fanboy out sometimes <laughs> right for instance uh being a huge yes fan i never thought in a million years that the drummer from yes alan white mm -hmm. would ever record one of my songs and uh on our second album which is called in times of old alan played on a song called secrets in the sand and that was a bucket list moment for me to have somebody in yes on my record and yeah, on I my bet. song and so but you always notice different things when you work with people their take on music and their their technical ability and how they like to present themselves in the studio or on their tracks you know some people are perfectionists you know people mm -hmm. with this quality are perfectionists and want everything very precise some people are very emotional and they're very feel. They want the, the music. It doesn't matter if, it, if, if it's played perfectly. Does it express what I'm feeling? I'm saying, you know, that part doesn't seem quite right yet. I think it's a lot. No, but it's got the right vibe. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it expresses the feeling that I had. I don't want it to sound like a drum machine. Yeah. I, I want it to, to, to be a real person and, and I, I want my feelings to come across that way mm -hmm. but of course it's so interesting also when you when you get to, to know somebody personally when you're when you're working with them when I was doing the Miley Cyrus show of course that was 2009 now but uh you know she was still a kid this was the pre-twerking days <laughs> so her mom was still her chaperone and she you know she was obviously a famous uh, you know not as famous as she is now but uh, a little bit of a, a diva very very sweet mm -hmm. But, you know, she was talking about kid things, about do this with your finger. <laughs> Try doing this. Isn't that weird? So uh, so that was kind of a fun, interesting thing. But, uh, yeah, I've had so many bucket list moments uh, working with Dave Amato on the TV show to play role with the changes. The very, very famous uh, Ario Speedwagon song on TV here in Las Vegas was great. And he's such such an amazing, amazing player. To have Simon Wright from ACDC play drums for us on our second record uh, and to work on those parts was, was brilliant. And I love the collaboration. So I love the collaboration of working with these people. So these people working out the guitar parts, working out the bass parts. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been very, very fun. And I'm very blessed to be in, in the position I'm in where these people hear my music and say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. That is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. By the way, make sure and follow us all on YouTube also. I just... YouTube this year and I was working at it really really hard all year long to try to build it up I think we have 150 or so videos on there for you to enjoy and watch and I've been so busy this year working on the Christmas record that I haven't put up as many videos as I have all year so are you gonna come out to the concert I'm gonna try to I definitely will watch we're, the live stream I might try yeah, and... the live stream will be fun yes. just remember when you see the live stream that it's 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 a tough scenario to try to get the, the best sound you know, uh, the studio is very expensive. Mm -hmm. So we're going in, we're setting up and we're playing. I couldn't afford to like leave the gear there. You know, we had rehearsals this last week, but studio time is very pricey. So we're going to go in, we're going to set up, we're going to play. So we'll see how it turns out. So it might be a little bit rough here and there. <laughs> it is live. 
and uh, and it's a brand new album. So yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It'll Please be, great. be patient. Be patient and understanding. I think I think that you'll probably really enjoy it. But it's certainly going to have that that vibe. There's that vibe of us all getting together and playing. That it's going to be going to be very fun. But it's you know it's kind of hard to to advertise where to go for a link like this. We have been advertised. We have a Eventbrite link for the pay per view, of course, and it's four ninety nine. So it doesn't you know it's not like it's going to cost you a fortune to watch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, please uh, share it on all your so- all your social media, everybody, and share it with your friends and family. It's going to be a very fun fun event for people that like symphonic rock and that like TSO. If you weren't able to see TSO for any reason this year, this will definitely give you that TSO vibe. There's no doubt about that. For for a small studio, it won't be like TSO in the auditorium, <laughs> but it'll be kind of like that. So I'm telling people that to always go to our Facebook on Renaissance Rock Orchestra where we have the QR code. And of course, I'll be posting that on Saturday. That'll be my main post on Saturday. But also you can go to VegasLifeTV.us and the link will be there at VegasLifeTV.us also. Perfect. Oh, you know, one of the fun things about the show that I could tell you about Mm -hmm. is, first of all, what's the most popular Christmas song ever written? I don't know. Um... All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Yes, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So uh, I did, a, once again, I'm going to use the M word. <laughs> Don't get scared when I say this. I did a metal version of it, but it's really not metal. You know, it's rock pop, rock pop, but it's a great, great version. Mm-hmm. And of course, our singer, Mark Bowles, is internationally acclaimed. He has a brilliant, brilliant voice. One of the best singers in the world. Mark Bowles has sang uh, for Ingve Malmsteen. For those of you that aren't familiar with Ingve, he's one of the top 10 metal guitar players in the world. Probably top three, honestly. And Burn Magazine, everybody for years has said he's the best. And he's, he's remarkable. He recorded a record called Trilogy. Uh, that is arguably his most popular record. And Mark Bowles sang that entire record. So I have that singer and he's he's just incredible. Mark actually sings with, with the opera here in Vegas. That's how good of a vocalist Mark is. And and uh, he travels around the world, the shows in Japan, South America. But uh, yes, so to have him on this record, Mark's also sang with Ted Nugent, the band Dokken for those, for your mom and dad's <laughs> out there. Maybe even your grandpas and grandpas at this point. Yeah, that liked Dokken back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right thank you so 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 much for doing this interview with me well thank you too ellie it was really a pleasure to meet you yeah once again i'm ellie sadler here with greg fox greg fox is a part of the renaissance rock orchestra that has multiple performances coming up the most recent being this upcoming saturday a live stream performance where you can go on their facebook or instagram and purchase tickets and thank you so much again for joining me thank you so much ellie we'll see you all in seattle Everett. Yeah. Tacoma, Bremerton. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ellie. Bye. Bye. This has been Ellie Sadler with 88.9 The Bridge.